Hi, this is Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Welcome to Hellas Intrigue, the Chicago Sun-Times Bears podcast where Jason, the Bears won a game, David Montgomery left it, and Justin Fields looked like he had no business being in it. We will talk about all those things and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, the Bears won 23-20 against the Houston Texans on a otherwise lovely Sunday afternoon at Soldier Field. My question for you is, why doesn't it feel like it? I think Justin Fields is the biggest reason, Patrick, that the way that you win big picture in the NFL is to be great at quarterback. Like, Find me a team that thinks they can win the way the Bears did against the Texans on a regular basis. That isn't usually how it goes. He got bailed out by uh, Roquan Smith with the interception late. He got bailed out of uh, a situation where one of his interceptions would have led to a touchdown for the Texans, except Eddie Jackson stepped in and picked it off in the end zone. Justin Fields played arguably the worst game of his career at a time when you're looking for significant steps forward. Probably the worst game of his life at any level. He completed 8 of 17 passes for 106 yards, 2 picks, uh, 27.7 passer rating, the, the lowest of his career. He did run 8 times for 47 yards. That's helpful. But this is not viable. And if you sat here and were frustrated and concerned, alarmed, about Justin Fields, how he looked in the first two games, this does nothing to calm you down. This just heightens the concern and the urgency for him to straighten out. And, Pat, we can't just sit here and say it's early forever or he's young forever. He's not saying that. Yeah, he's not. And he's not saying it, number one, because he's frustrated with himself. What did he say? Did he say he stunk? What was what was his line today? He said, I, I need... He started with kind of that typical, like what you hear a lot of times, almost being polite to yourself where he's like, I didn't play as well as I wanted to. Right. And then it veered into what I would call real talk. Okay. Where he says, I played like, and then stopped and he goes, I want to say the A word, but I'm not going to. I played like trash. I played terrible. And he went on to say that really the only positive that you could take for him from this game was that they won. Sure. And he had almost nothing to do with that. They, Any, anybody, they won in spite of him. Anybody could have played quarterback on the team and won today. They would have been in no worse shape with Trevor Trevor Simeon or even Nathan Peterman than they were with Justin Fields today. And that is troubling when you're three games into this season. It's his second season. They've brought it they've supposedly fixed all these things around him structurally. I, I strongly question whether they've fixed some of the on field things that he needs, like the offensive like, line and like the receivers. Per, like personnel. Yeah. 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 I mean, he threw two interceptions and and as bad as the box score is, you really have to see these interceptions to understand how bad it was. The first one was Cole Komet, where he led him way too far uh in the middle of the field. And the second, he threw to Darnell Mooney, who to my untrained eye, Jason, was triple covered. At least double covered. He he Badly overthrew both of those guys. Wildly inaccurate throws. Right into the arms, Pat, of a rookie safety. Jalen Petrie? Petrie, yep. Jalen Petrie. uh, You know, this is a guy, this isn't like uh, 
you know, some 10-year vet that outwitted Justin Fields. This is a guy kind of at his same stage of his career. The Texans are about where the Bears are, except the Texans have two first-round picks next year, two second-round picks, I think two first-round picks the following year. I mean, I had a thought today at halftime that if you had to bet on the future of one of the two franchises, I don't think you'd pick the Bears. And part of that is because, you know, their quarterbacks today were about the same. And we're talking about a second-year quarterback in Davis Mills who was a third-round pick, and he was not the answer. Uh, And we're talking about Justin Fields, who you traded up to draft in the first round, gave up two years' worth of first-round draft picks for. And who needs to be the answer? Because to your point, you say, you know, nobody believes that it's early anymore. Here's why. Bears have 14 games to figure out whether he's worth investing, you know, uh, investing in Fields' future. If they don't have that feeling at the end of the year, I think they'll draft a quarterback. They'll have to. And if they don't have, if he's that bad and that unconvincing, then the record's going to be really bad and the draft pick's going to be really high. And that's your opportunity. That's your opportunity to make the move. Not when you go eight and nine and you're picking like 15. Well, and in that regard, this is, if you want to be a self-hating Bears fan, and there are lots of them, this is the worst of both worlds today. It's your quarterback took zero steps toward becoming the quarterback of the future. And you won the game and hurt your draft selection. Now, it seems silly. It's the middle of September. Uh, it seems silly to start, you know, thinking about tankathon already. But, you know, if you're trying to figure out the quarterback position, the Bears took two steps backward today. One was Justin Fields' play, and the other was uh, hampering their ability to draft a, a good one next. There seems to be this priority in the first three games to me. Even in this point, if you want to throw out the opener, that's fine. But there is this prioritization of doing whatever it takes to win these games. And I understand that from a competitive standpoint, but in treating it that way, you are hindering Justin Fields' long-term development if he's going to have a long-term development. You're hindering either his long-term development or your ability to assess him when you have a game where he throws 11 passes like he did in Green Bay. Or in this case, Pat, where you have multiple third and longs where they're running draw plays instead of giving him the chance to complete that. And I understand their hesitation in the moment, but you need to know if this guy can do it. You need to know if he can dig you out of a third and six. Or I think the other one might have been a third and ten where it would have been, uh, they ended up like just conceding to take a field goal mm-hmm. um, on their opening drive, I believe it was. Yeah. You, I understand in the moment the competitive nature of that, but you need to give this guy the opportunities. And as hard as it might be for Matt Eberflus to accept this, that's more important. Justin Fields and the way he played today mm-hmm. is the story. The fact that Roquan Smith bailed him out and they won, that's a footnote in the big picture and what matters because this is not a Super Bowl year for the Bears. They're hoping to have one at some point. Justin Fields is the biggest thing that can get you there. Yeah, and this is a franchise that you know kept Mark Tressman for two years, John Fox for three, and Matt Nagy for four. Uh, winning games... If I were Matt Eberflus, I would think that winning games is important because we've seen how impatient and how quick the team can be to fire a coach that isn't winning games. That said, you're going to win a lot more games quicker if you can get Justin Fields going. Or if you can move quickly and say, hey, we've seen enough now. We've given him a legitimate opportunity. We've seen it's not him. We need the hard reset. The worst thing you can do, Pat, worse than whiffing with a high draft pick at quarterback is 
taking way too long to see that you've made that mistake and act on it. Yeah, well, and, and we saw we saw that happen with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, the Bears, you know, probably could should have cut bait a year earlier. What well, you you mentioned the Bears clearly not believing that Justin Fields throwing the ball was in their best interest. I want to talk real quick about the situation at the end of the first half where the Bears start off with the ball at their own 10 with a minute four to go in the half. In no world do I think the Bears can go 60 yards to kick a field goal. No chance, given the way the offense had looked. But they did need to get a first down to prevent the Texans from getting the ball back. Once they got the first down, they had two options, or Matt Eberflus did. He could either take a timeout right away, stop the clock, take a shot, try and be aggressive, or he could take a knee and run to the locker room. And he somehow did neither and got his quarterback hit. Uh, it was no harm, no foul, but I think you know we can sit here and philosophize about how much they believe in Justin Fields or how much they don't. Uh, it showed me right there that they didn't. And you know, you know, they had the ball at the ten with a minute to go, and they didn't try to they didn't try to get points out of it. Uh, they didn't try to do anything that might pop uh, for a long pass play. They they were content to go in at halftime. To you know, to what you said earlier. Maybe that is the better part of valor if you're trying to win the game, but I don't think it is if you're trying to develop the quarterback. How many times during the preseason did we hear, well, we, you know, we want to give Justin a two-minute drill in a preseason game, or boy, you know, we were happy with what two-minute looked like in practice. Uh, here they had a chance to add to that experience for him, and uh, they didn't, and they were happy not to, I think. I, and we're not at a decision point on Justin Fields, but what we're saying is we need to get there. We need to get to where there can be a decision made one way or the other that he is either the guy or not the guy. It, there are still 14 more games for him to show you something, but this is really off to a bad start. When he's thrown the fewest passes in the league, when he's got – and not only Pat, not only has he thrown the fewest passes in the league, but he's completed like 51%. Right, yeah. I mean, that is a really an alarming stat to me. Passer rating, yards, whatever, there's circumstances, a bunch of different factors – completing passes, you cannot be at 50%. Cole Komet had two catches for 40 yards today and was their leading receiver. That is disturbing to me as well. Darnell Mooney, not involved. Again, they're throwing him screens, doing stuff that I think a lesser receiver uh, could handle just fine. I think you need Darnell Mooney for plays down the field. Komet made a couple of plays after being a big zero in the pass game in the first two weeks. Uh, but this is, all, this is all bad. Their three longest plays, Jason, were runs. How many times have we covered a game like that? Uh, you know, there's a 52-yarder by Khalil Herbert on the first offensive play of the third quarter that I, I think was really important in kind of waking the Bears up a little bit. But, man, when you're relying on runs and fly sweeps to Equinemius St. Brown and scrambles by Justin Fields as your explosive plays, that's, that's, that's a horrible sign. And you might be sitting here, Pat, listening to this. Someone might be sitting here listening to this being like, they're 2-1. and one. Like, they won. <laughs> it's great. I think you need to be a little more discerning in that. And like, we've had a lot of these, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Don't you remember when Matt Nagy was five and one? <laughs> and we tried to tell people, look, this isn't, this isn't it. This right. isn't going anywhere. Do you know who also tried to tell people? Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy would get up and say, we didn't play good enough. We didn't play, you know, you know, we're not going to, you know, what was, do you remember the Nick Foles being like, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty? Nick Foles was somebody telling us that it was Headed the right way. Right. Yeah. This is a legit five and one when it wasn't. Yeah. Well, and they're not. And, and it's a long season. Uh, but it's a long season. But what we saw with our eyes today, I think, 
is far more true than what the final score said. Yes. And Matt Eberflus talking today about oh, the improvement that they made from week two to week three. I mean, I did you step up it, your, your overall play from week two to week three, or did you step down in competition from playing the Packers last week to playing the Texans this week? You and I don't totally agree on this. I think the Texans will be possibly the worst team in the NFL by the end of the season. Uh, I think you agree they'll be bad, but maybe not right. quite that bad. Either way, it's a terrible team. Um, the way that I, the standard that I hold any team that I cover, Patrick, the standard I hold them to is you have to be contending for a championship or taking the steps to get you there. Right. This 2022 Bears is obviously not contending for a championship. It's at the bottom of the stairwell. Absolutely. Yep. And that is okay when you're in a rebuild, so long as you are meeting the other standard of, you're clearly headed that way. And when Matt Eberflus and Luke Gatsy come out with this type of game plan that we've seen, that is not a sustainable template to do real winning at any point down the road. That is not how you will win in today's NFL. I wonder if they sit here and go, hey, we can really run the football. And they can. Um, and we'll talk about Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery and what, what was important today in the run game. But I wonder whether they're sitting there saying, if Fields can't stand on his own right now, we're going to run the ball until until he can. Um, but you know, if I mean, we've played three games now. Like, what is game four going to be? Why is game four going to be different? Why is game five going to be different? If you don't trust Justin Fields to throw the ball down the field, and maybe justifiably so. I mean, you know, his two interceptions today are were not did not speak well for him. They were flagrant. They were flagrant. And ba- I mean, they were, it gets us back to Trubisky level, um, you know, what was he looking at sort of stuff. Trubisky, by the way, was much better through uh, the first uh, 13 starts of his career um, than Justin Fields is. Um, yeah. I'd, I wonder whether they think that this off, that the pass game will click, but they know it's not now. So they're just going to run it and run it and run it. But they've had, I mean, I'll give them this. They've had success running the football. And today it was not, oh, the Packers are happy to let the clock run. So, you know, they'll, they'll let you do whatever you want. This was, you know, the way they moved the football. Uh, Khalil Herbert finished with 20 carries for 157 yards. I believe, he, believe he's the ninth Bears running back to ever run for more than 155 yards in a game. That list is pretty good. Walter Payton, Gail Sayers, Matt Forte, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then as a team... Uh, what did they run for? 281 yards. That's the most since a game they played in 1984. Now, these numbers jump out because modern football isn't played this way. <laughs> but there, but there's an effectiveness there that, that I think is, is noteworthy, um, or at least something worth watching, because Khalil Herbert is Justin Fields' age. Khalil Herbert uh, will be on this team for another two and a half years. If this is who Khalil Herbert is, that's... I mean, even at a fungible position, uh, that's good news for the Bears. It is, yes. Uh, David Montgomery, on the other hand, uh, left the game in the first quarter with uh, a right knee and ankle injury. Uh, he went to the tent and then to the locker room. Uh, the locker the lo- locker room itself was pretty somber after this game, I think because they know that they didn't play very well, but also because Montgomery could be out for a while. Uh, Matt Eberflus, though, Jason, uh, and you were there, yeah. tried to put a happy face on this. He uh, did He did kind of paint an optimistic picture of what's going on here with David Montgomery. Um, he said, it's good. 
as in the prognosis is good, as in not that uh, David Montgomery is in great shape right now, but that it's not as bad as you might have thought. The implication is it could have been worse. Yes. So he said they're going to continue to evaluate that. He did say, Pat, when I was trying to get some clarity, is it the knee or is it the ankle? Because the Bears listed it as both. He said it's his lower leg and there's a there's multiple things going on there. There's multiple concerns there. So they're going to have David Montgomery in the building on Monday for some further medical exams. Matt Eberflus, though, said that given how it looked on the field, it was actually a pretty good result. And, quote, day to day for David Montgomery. Now, this is going to be interesting because we heard him say, we've heard him say day to day where it turns into weeks during training camp. Um, I'm not, you know, in the season, it gets a little more real because if you know a guy's going to be out for a month or more, then you need to put him on IR and free up a roster space. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm not, we haven't been in enough of these situations with Matt Eberflus yet to get a read on how. How genuine that would be. Here's what we know. Here's what we know about Matt Eberflus. He genuinely believes that giving away injury information somehow hurts his chance of winning football games. Uh, we could have an entire. We could have Potsy on and have a five-hour podcast about that and about how silly that is. The other day, he wouldn't tell us if Valus Jones, who is not anything in the NFL yet, wouldn't tell us if he was going to practice even though he was going to have to put out an official injury report mm-hmm. with concrete information on it like three hours right. later. Yeah, so, because of, in the name of competitive advantage somehow. Yeah, right. And I'm sure if he can buy two days until he talks, I mean, he's going to talk on Monday afternoon and then he doesn't have to talk again until Wednesday. I'm sure Eberflus would be thrilled if there was still questions about whether Montgomery would play uh, before Wednesday just to keep, I guess, the New York Giants honest. I, I don't know. Uh, the, and the Giants play a game tomorrow night, so the Giants aren't looking ahead to the Bears yet anyway. But, uh, but yeah, so Montgomery, with Montgomery out, what will be interesting will be whether they lean on Khalil Herbert for 25 carries a game or whether they do what I think the plan had been with Montgomery healthy, which was to run with two different running backs and ride the hot hand. Uh because right now, what are we looking at? Tristan Ebner? Tristan Ebner is next, and he's a late-round pick, a rookie. I mean... I like him, but he, number one, needs to pass block, and that's a challenge for any rookie. Number two, he's a different style of runner than either of these two guys. I think Herbert and Montgomery... Montgomery's physical, obviously, and enjoys putting his shoulders down into guys. But I think they're similar enough that you can run the same stuff. Yeah. I don't think Ebner... And, and Herbert are. And, and you saw Abner uh, get used a little bit today. Yeah, seven carries for 23 yards. I'm going to guess you're looking at if they are going to share the load that it's going to be like 75 or 80% going to Herbert. Yeah, probably. And, uh, you know, from what we've seen with Herbert, he's I think he's up for the challenge. Looks good. You and know, he looked good last year, Pat. This was one of the weirdest things of last season uh, that I had kind of forgotten about until this week. That when David Montgomery went down for a month last season... Khalil Herbert looked really good. Mm-hmm. And then you never saw him again. <laughs> Once David Montgomery came back, it was like all of the good that Khalil Herbert did, didn't we all, yeah. like Matt Nagy and his staff forgot about it and you didn't ever see him again. And Well, it, or how about this? I mean, even this season, Jason, entering Sunday's game, he was fourth in the league in yards per carry. Granted, he only had 11 carries, but fourth in the league. Like, it, you know, he knows what he's doing. I think the Bears' run game... For all of the, for all of the hand wringing about their offensive line, 
I think their offensive line can run block. You know, the question is, you know, can the pass game keep anyone honest? Right. Or, you know, if I were, if I were playing the bears, I mean, do you just load up as many guys in the box as you can fit and say, you know, let's go. And, And because you know, Justin Fields can't make you pay for it. I mean, it's beginning to feel that way. That's our objection to this. Right. It's not that, Hey, Oh, you know, we're dismissing how well they're running. You need, but you need that and you right. need both halves. So their running game looks really good. You're right, mm-hmm. and you couldn't say that about the Bears the last few years. Mm-hmm. So that part of it looks good, mm-hmm. but until you have the other part of it where the pass attack is working too, then you're not going to be a very good offense, and they are not a very good offense. They're not. Uh, Cairo Santos uh, made the game-winning kick. It was a 30-yarder as the gun went off today. And, and Jason, I just wanted to talk to you briefly about the communication that went on after that Roquan Smith interception. Uh, Cairo Santos usually kicks his short field goals from the right hash. Just naturally, it's more comfortable then. He said there was enough of a cross breeze going uh, that he changed his mind and said, I want to kick from the left half, left hash. He told his coaches that. And do you know what they did, Jason? You'll never believe this. Uh, what did they do, Pat? They put the ball in the left hash, like what he wanted. And, uh, and uh, of course, it made you and I both think back to 2019 with Matt Nagy when uh, Eddie Pinheiro lined up for a game winner against the Chargers in a similar situation. I think it was a 41-yarder. And uh, the Bears put the ball at the hash that he didn't want the ball at, and he missed the kick, and the Bears lost. So, anyway. Now we spent four days or whatever it was of everybody saying uh, Matt Nagy's whole, like, kind of company line explaining that was just make the kick. Right. No answer, you know, from anybody about <laughs> who dropped the ball here. Have I ever told you this, that um, if I'm ever an NFL head coach, and I'm sure the day is just around the corner, um, I would come in and on the first day I would sit there and say, kickers are mysterious. I don't know them any more than you do. If they make a kick, I'll give them credit. If they miss a kick, I'll blame them. But don't try to get me to explain how they do what they do. I think that would be, I think okay. that would be honest yeah. because I think that that's how that's every, true. I think that's how every head coach thinks, and they try to, you know, I, I think we expect them to put on some veneer of, of uh, strategy or or what they were thinking. When in reality, it's like, does the smallest guy on the team uh, do his job or not? Yeah. Cairo Santos, by the way, I spoke with him after the game, and he is feeling pretty good about where he's at right now. There was a, you know, Cairo Santos has been. He had the, he set the Bears' record for field goal accuracy in a season in 2020, and has been very dependable mm-hmm. and been very good kicking at Soldier Field, which is hard to do. <laughs> it is the it is unanimously across the board. Everyone will tell you this is the worst place to kick. He does pretty well. We saw a little bit of a hiccup with Cairo toward the end of the preseason into that first game. Even though I know it was rainy, uh, and but he felt it too. He felt a little bit off. And he said the two weeks since the opener, he has really uh, dialed in and attacked his practice a little more mm-hmm. and feels like he's back to just everything's kind of machine-like. Everything's clockwork for him now. He's, I think he's really good. And I, I think it's I think to have a, a kicker who is reliable in this environment is just so important. And I, and I think Bears obviously learned that one. The hard way. Real quick, he did say, somebody asked how many game-winning field goals he had made in his career. And he said he didn't know because that's that's not really a stat. Like, you know, is it a game-winner at the gun? Or, you know, if there's a second left, is it not the game-winner? Whatever. And he said that uh, that he didn't know, but he, he, knew, he knew that he had missed two in his career. And they were from like 65 and 66 yards. And 
and when he got done talking, I walked up. I said, I was at one of those. It was a Bears win at, at Arrowhead. And uh, he wasn't nearly as excited. That yeah, he I, didn't want to chuckle with you about his missed like, field oh, goal to right. lose the game, huh, Pat? Best, best uh, uh, pass I've ever seen in my life in that game. Jay Cutler to Marquise Wilson. Oh, I will pull it up, and uh, I'll pull it up oh, for you later. It's so sad when those are the glory days. Yeah, they are. Uh, so the Bears have got the uh, New York football giants on Sunday. Uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about during the week, whether it's David Montgomery's injury, uh, Justin Fields' explanation, further explanation of what in the heck's going on and why isn't it working, uh, and things like Jalen Johnson. Is he going to play this week coming up? How about Roquan Smith? Did he come out of this okay? Byron Pringle left with a calf injury. Do you know where the Bears can least afford to lose dudes? Wide receiver. Uh, so uh, there's going to be plenty going on this week. Uh, and you sh- can and should follow us uh, for all of that. Uh, that includes Mark Potash, who is far afield. Uh, and Jason Leisure and myself, please follow us on Twitter. Like, rate, and review the podcast. Check out the Sun-Times website and the app on your phone. And if you can, pick up a newspaper. Uh, Until next time, he's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back again real soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.